Hello everyone, this is Tony Kramer, product specialist with RDO Equipment Company, and you are listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Thanks for joining us on the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 67, and today we are going to be talking about big data and IoT. Before we get started, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. As you may know, there are a lot of different ways to listen to this podcast. We're streaming this out on our website, it's on SoundCloud, and many other podcasting apps. Most of you are listening on Apple's podcasting app, and you may have noticed that they recently updated the app. It is now easier than ever to leave us a review. If you click on our show in the app and scroll to the bottom, there's a Write a Review button. We'd really like to hear from you so we can continue growing and improving the show. Reviews also help new listeners find our content. If I have not convinced you already, please pause the show as long as you're not driving and drop us a quick review. With that, let's get back to the show. I am really excited to welcome Terry Griffin, who is the Cropping Systems Economist at Kansas State University. To get started, I'd really like to hear a little bit more about you and your background, Terry, and how you got involved in this industry. Uh, Sure thing. Yeah, so well, going all the way back, I'm I'm from a farming community in northeast Arkansas. I grew up on a uh, diversified row crop farm, cotton, rice, and plus corn, beans, milo, grain, sorghum, wheat, and so forth. After uh, a couple of years in a local university, I transferred and, and finished a degree in agronomy. You know, I was on a soil division team and got a lot of good experience there. Yeah, I, I learned that I was interested more and modeling of agronomic systems than I was really in agronomic uh, responses. Uh, so I stuck around there at University of Arkansas and got a master's degree in agricultural economics. And in that process, I was studying how farmers are using ag technology. And at that time, we were using you know, the wording precision farming or precision agriculture. Uh, so we did a uh, kind of a survey of the state to see how much technology farmers were using and also looking at profitability of burberry applications for, for rotations in the Arkansas Delta. After that, I, I went to Purdue, and the reason I went there was um, they had a program where specifically a professor who I wanted to work with, just Longbird Board. And I, I focused more on how farmers were using yield monitor data. And that kind of led me down the path of spatial statistics, spatial econometrics. And so my doctorate is in agricultural economics with a focus on spatial statistics. And the reason we did that, the reason I did that, was so get a better idea of how to analyze data coming off of farm equipment, yield monitor data, soil sensor data. And today we have more data than that. And at the time we didn't really have, we did not have telematics data. But we have that today. And so I got my doctorate in at Purdue looking at 
one field at a time methodologies. And since then, I kind of expanded that and to include not only more than one field at the farm level, but what can we do if we combine all the fields together from all the farmers that we have data for, not just thousands of acres, but millions of acres of data. And that's kind of where we are today. That's, you know, that's the beginning of what we're talking about with big data. It's really neat to hear the backgrounds of all the guests that we have on the show. And I know uh, a few episodes back, we did a, an episode with a, a friend of yours, I believe, David Schimmelfenig. And hearing, hearing what you guys are doing and, and everything that you analyze and the research, it's such a different perspective than what we see on a day-to-day basis in kind of the heart of the ag industry. So I'm really excited to get into this episode and learn a little bit more. I got the opportunity to listen to you speak at the uh, Precision Ag Summit out in Jamestown, North Dakota this last winter. So it's really neat to hear your perspective and what you guys are finding in all the research you do. Getting into it, Terry, big data. What is it? Why is it important? So, you know, the way we use big data for the most part in agriculture is only a small part of it. You know, so those of us in production on the farming side, you know, and trying to produce crops and so forth, we, we can define big data to be one thing, but it's very, it's much bigger than that. It's not only on the production side. Think about it this way. Think about consumers. Think about all the barcode scan scanner data that comes out of Kroger and grocery stores and Walmart and Target about the food we buy. You know, it's not just people who produce food, but people who consume food, and that's everybody. And big data is much bigger than just the production side. I say that because you and I, well, I know me for in particular, I focus on the production side on the data that comes from farming equipment from trying to produce food. And so that's why I'll be talking about most of today. I wanted to make sure that, that our listeners were, were thinking about it in those terms. The other thing we're also going to talk a little bit about is IOT. Mm-hmm. Explain that acronym and how that is different from big data. So the Internet of Things. And then you know, the farming community sometimes will use the Internet of Machines. And the idea is how things are connected together, how machines are connected together. This is a part of big data. These technologies and IoT empower the methodologies and the data transfer, the data itself being collected to allow big data to exist in agriculture. You know, so for instance, uh, you, you probably know more about this than me. So what was it like 20 since 2011, what, 20 series deer tractors are streaming data back to deer. I think that's in the ballpark there. Yep, I think uh, 11 or 12. Yep, 2011 or 12 is, is the date range. Yeah, and a lot of people kind of react like, whoa, that's, that's crazy. But you know, if you think about it, you know, you know, for our non-farm listeners, you know, think about your Denali's you're, you're driving. Uh, anything, you know, most of the newer General Motors with OnStar, it's essentially the same concept. You know, there's diagnostics coming off the machine, off the engine, and so forth, air temperature in the tires, and that's been sent back to General Motors. That is also Internet of Things. And it's analogous to me of what Deere and the other manufacturers of farm equipment are doing with engine diagnostics. So, you know, it's not that foreign of a concept in, in the manufacturing world to, to do these things. I think a lot of people just didn't realize it was happening and not only that it was happening, but it was happening in a industry uh, such as agriculture. You know, a lot of the 
folks have the thought of, you know, red barns and white fences and haystacks as being farming in the heartland, which is nowhere near, you know, the reality of it. Agriculture is very technologically advanced industry. We collect a lot of data and, and it's not just on machines, on these on John Deere tractors. There's sensors on combines that have been around for, well, at least since the early 1990s. You can argue it goes back to the 70s. And since GPS was made available for civilian uses in 1994, I believe, then we've been able to put a latitude and longitude on, on, these, on the sensor data. And we could map the sensor data to a field somewhere on the surface of the earth. And, and that was the birth of precision agriculture. And you know, fast forward 20 something years, then once that those machines are communicating with themselves, with each other, and with let's say the cloud, uh, the data all gets streamed potentially to a different repositories, maybe a single repository, doesn't have to be, where the data can be accessed and analyzed as a community. You know, and so I spent a lot of time in my research looking at yield responses to a experiment the farmer had put into the field, one field at a time. If we look at all the fields at the same time, even without an experiment, just farmers doing farming, then we can have uh, really good insights from the, the community. And that's, and that's how the Internet of Machines, the Internet of Things have impacted, made big data possible. And not only big data, but more importantly, the big data analytics and the decisions that we can make better at the farm level, retail level, manufacturing level. One of the things backing up just a little bit, you talked about vehicles, Denali's and and all the, the vehicles and the technology out there. I always tell people, and nobody understands this until someone brings it to light. I tell a lot of people that don't understand the egg industry that there is more technology in a tractor than your standard Chevy Silverado driving down the road and their eyes get wide open and they're, what are you talking about? No way, that's not even possible. But you said exactly that, Terry, all of the information that we're collecting off of the diagnostics of the machine all the way through the, the agronomic data that we're collecting there's just so much stuff that's going on, and it's been going on for quite a while. We just haven't really thought about it. Going into that that next piece, you talk about collecting yield data and different agronomic aspects of what we can collect. How can the average farm leverage this information that you're talking about, whether it's the, the one single field or like you talk about a, a community of, of big data, how can the farm leverage that? Yeah, let's think of one field, just choose a field, um, one field at a time, a thought process. And farmers are able to collect yield monitor data. So when the harvester is going across the field, there are sensors that are measuring moisture and mass flow, uh, speed and width of the header. And we can calculate yield per acre and, and know what the moisture is too, which is good for that calculation as well as harvesting logistics. And do we dry this corn or send it somewhere else? And, and that's just one layer, okay? You get other layers. We have uh, devices that can measure soil. You know, down the road from me, about 45 minutes away in Salina is a little company called Veris. And they make this uh, electrical connectivity measurement tool. 
and, and it's a continuous uh, data from a field and it measures the resistance of electrical flow through the soil. And, and that can be used. Uh, it tells us a lot about the soil. There's also the, the uh, traditional way of pulling soil samples with GPS. It's made the ability to pull soil samples off of a checkerboard grid uh, feasible. And from that, we get information on soil uh, chemistry, uh, the amount of nitrogen or I guess phosphorus, potassium, and, and pH are the three most common things we look at, but we can also look at um, some of the other nutrients, you know, uh, sulfur, zinc. And, and with that, we're trying to make decisions on if we need to make specialized applications of a nutrient in certain parts of the field. But think about having more and more layers. And you mentioned the machine diagnostics. You know, some of the machine diagnostics, I can imagine, maybe fuel consumption. And so if I'm pulling a tillage equipment, piece of tillage equipment, uh, especially primary tillage equipment like a, oh, I'll go ahead and say a moldboard plow or, or, a, or a chisel plow or something that goes fairly deep, deep in the soil. And we can see the amount of uh, gallons per minute of diesel going through a tractor uh, as a proxy for engine load, as a proxy for soil structure maybe, or how, how placid the soil is. And, and that would be another data layer that we normally wouldn't have. You know, we, we typically don't have sensors on tillage equipment, but if we can indirectly measure soil characteristics through how much diesel is needed to maintain that speed with that equipment in the field, that's another data layer. And we can essentially have dozens of data layers like this with yield and soil, soil characteristics, a varietal information, planting date, elevation, slope. You know, it, does a slope face north or south? That could make a difference. And this is precision ag. This is not big data. It's a lot of data, but to me, it's still precision ag, digital agriculture. To me, there's a difference between that and big data. To me, Big data is going to require, I said it earlier, not just a field, but all the fields, not just a farmer, not just one person's management practices, but all the farmers, such that we can use the farmer's management practices as a variable in the analysis. So most farmers, you know, if they're going to plant other fields one way, they'll all have the same seeding depth. They'll have planting dates that are not that far apart. They'll have uh, the same color planter. But if you have all the farmers, you'll have different color planters. You'll have different seeding depths. You'll have different decisions that the farmer makes that can be modeled with big data analytics. And to me, that's where we start talking about big data is when we can look at characteristics across many decision, uh, management decision makers. That's a really interesting thought there that it's not... And, and some people might think of it the same way you are, and others are thinking of it completely opposite. But yeah, I, w I would agree that the average farm that's collecting the data that's on their farm, that's not to the extent of big data. Big data is when you compile it with everybody else. With that, Terry, we're going to stop the episode here, and we're going to pick up talking more about big data in two weeks. Specifically, we'll talk about the other ways it's being used that most of us don't even know or think about. 
So to our listeners, stay tuned for part two of this series on big data and the Internet of Things. I just wanted to thank you, Terry, for taking the time to record this podcast with us, and I look forward to our next episode in two weeks. This podcast was produced and edited by Nate Dorsey. Visit audioequipment.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you've missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Android devices so that you'll never miss out on the latest news and technology from Audio Equipment and John Deere. If you really like this podcast, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any of the other social media platforms that you are using. You can also connect with me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. That's at R-D-O-T-O-N-Y-K, where you can tweet me questions, episode feedback, or ideas for future topics to cover. Please join us next time on the Agriculture Technology Podcast.